maybe how do you see change and how do your coworkers or your employees see change and how can you better implement a methodology that's going to help them see those results positively rather than negatively. All right, business leaders and owners out there, there has never been a better time than right now to grow a business and impact the world. And if you're anything like me, you are determined to bring value to others and to love the process in doing it. The problem is that as our business scales, the stakes get higher and we lose ourselves in the uncertainty and the burden that running a successful business can bring. But that's where the Momentum Point podcast comes into play. Join us as we dive into five key areas that every business owner and leader should understand. So here's the question. Does your business have momentum? Well, if you're here, you're in the right place. I'm your host, Brett Broderick. Welcome to the Momentum Point Podcast. Now let's get to work. All right, everybody, welcome back. This is the Momentum Point Podcast, and I'm your host, Brett Broderick. I am extremely excited that this is the first episode of the year 2022. We're going to talk about some cool stuff. We're focusing on organizational development and specifically organizational change management. But I hope everyone had a great new year. It's it's been a it's been a rough ride for the past 2 years. You know, COVID hitting in 2020, uh you know, coming through the aftermath and you know what we were hoping was going to be a strong build back in 2021. We saw some things come back, but there's still been a lot of fear, uncertainty, and doubt for individuals as we've continued. So there's just a lot of hesitation uh, for people moving into the new year, but I want us as individuals who believe that we can thrive in adversity, that we are going to be excited for whatever this year brings. The goal of this podcast is to help strengthen leaders and business owners to understand how do we create organizations that not just survive but thrive you know even in in trying times they may not thrive the way that we would want them to but they thrive nonetheless i've been able to see organizations fall and crumble when adversity hits but i've seen some that have been able to face it put their back into it and come out the other side uh, you know, beat up a little bit, but definitely stronger than they were before. We take a lot of the lessons learned in life, and specifically myself and the co- other co-founder Donald Bloom, we put a lot of uh, our learned lessons into Vision Brand, into the Momentum Point Consulting, and our goal is to help share that information with you all. Again, I, I hope you had a great holiday season. Uh, my family and I, we got to spend about a week down at the coast of Georgia, uh, right around, uh, we've got a little house in Brunswick, so we jump over onto St. Simons Island and Jekyll Island, and the, the weather was phenomenal. It was in the 80s. We got to go to the beach every day. We were in shorts, t-shirt, flip-flops, uh, riding bikes. Could not have asked for better weather. I uh, know uh, there were a lot of individuals that had some uh, colder experiences uh, and um, I feel for you but I hope you had a great time with your family I know a lot of people love cold weather I'm just not one of them but it was great but you know I wanted to I was thinking you know what are we going to talk about on the first episode of 2022 and what I've decided to bring up is organizational change management I mean if you think about it you know what is what a better time than the beginning of the year to talk about change 
this is when people start New Year's resolutions. And if you're someone who is a disciplined gym goer and you don't just go in January, you go all year long, you know, January can be kind of a frustrating month because that is when everyone who has, who is aware that they need to make a healthy change and start working out gets a gym membership, goes to the gym for a month, and then falls out. They don't follow through. The change does not stick. And in February, the, the gyms are pretty much empty again. And all, all of you who are extremely disciplined, go back to having whatever choice of workout machine that, that you want. But, you know, within organizations, it really works the same way. Organizations are just built of people. And it, people hate change. There's a lot of reasons for that. You know, if you look back at how change management actually started, it really was birthed out of grief studies and how doctors and other individuals could figure out how people deal with grief, how they go through it and the different stages of it. And that has really kicked off the whole methodology behind organizational change management. So what I wanted to do is today is just talk, talk about some things that is going to help you, not just as a business owner or a business leader, but you as an individual understand how maybe how do you see change and how how do your coworkers or your employees see change and how can you better in, implement a methodology that's going to help them see uh, those results uh, positively rather than negatively. But first, what I want to do is I want to define what is change management. And the definition, if you look online, there's a whole lot of different areas you can see it, but one definition I love uh, is it's the practice of applying a structured approach to the transition of an organization from a current state to a future state and achieving the expected benefits. So it's pretty simple. You know, organizations want to go from a current state and they want to go to a future state. They want to go from current to future and they want to make sure that when that takes place that the expected results are achieved. And that is where organizational change management comes into play. There's a whole lot of different methodologies out there, but it really doesn't matter which one you implement as long as you implement it and follow through with it. Without a solid change management methodology, you know, you're going to have failed project results. Timelines will end up getting pushed out farther than they need to. The, I guess the anticipated costs that you would think would go into to a project end up getting blown out of proportion. And the worst part about it is the end user adoption or whatever usage expectation was to come out of the change is not realized. And so companies do this all the time and they don't learn from the lesson. You know, you may be in a company that is going to implement a new HRIS system. Uh, you know, maybe they didn't have one before, but they want the benefits of a human resources information system to help have a recruiting and onboarding program, as well as being able to track any of the HR metrics that they need to. So they're going to implement that. And now all end user employees are going to have a new way of clocking in or recognizing that they've read the handbook or implementing or, or inputting their demographic information. And you want to make sure that if you're going to invest in, in a system like that, that it's going to be used on the back end, that people are going to adopt the change, they're going to use it, and you're going to see the re desired results. But a lot of times companies, when they implement 
be it technology or new policies, whatever it may be, is they don't use a, a, a change management methodology. And it's a struggle. And the reason for it is, is because you're doing it with human beings and human beings uh, are resistant to change just by nature. A lot of that uh, deals with, you know, fear, uncertainty and doubt. But within an organization, you cannot just say, hey, we're going to make a change. This is what's going to happen. And you're going to do it because it's your job. And then you're not just going to have people fall in line with that. So understanding and implementing a change management methodology is paramount. Now, the one that I personally find the most beneficial and the most simple to understand is one called the ADCAR model. I'll, I'll spell that out. It's an acronym, but it's ADCAR is A-D-K-A-R. You, you may be thinking, what in the world does that stand for? Well, let, let me tell you. I'm going to go through it real quick. So ADCAR stands for awareness. So there must be an awareness of the need for a change. So if we're looking at that HRIS system uh, uh, example, you know, it may be clearly obvious that we need an HRS system. Uh, there may be, uh, you know, you may have turned into an, a, a or went from a company with 10 employees. Now you have 100 employees. You can no longer manage that. The human resources department clearly sees it. And there is awareness that you need to have an HRS system. Well, then it moves on to a desire. And the one thing I'll stop real quick, the ADCAR model is a linear progression that you have to hit each phase subsequently. You can't jump around. You have to start with, with the A in ADCAR and you have to go through each individual level. So once you have the awareness or you've created the awareness for the need of the change within the organization, then you move on to the desire. So you have to create a desire uh, within the organization for people to participate it and support it. So what happens after the, you create the desire? Well, then you go to the K, which is knowledge. And there has to be a knowledge on how to change. You have to provide that to your employees or your coworkers who are going to be going through this transition. They have to have the knowledge of how they're going to implement this new system or how they will implement the new policy. Whatever it is you're looking to do, they will have to have the knowledge. Then from, from knowledge, you move to the next A, which is ability. So within an organization, there's a lot of abilities or lack of abilities um, within it that can really hinder the change. So you have to assess the abilities or the desired skills and behaviors that your employees will have for them to adopt and implement this change. And then the last letter of ADCAR, which is R, means you have to reinforce the change. You have to sustain it. So you can't just go through, you know, through knowledge um, and then just drop off. There has to be some sort of reinforcement mechanism that continues uh, to create the momentum for the change. ADCAR, which is uh, brought out by ProSci, and you can go to ProSci, and that's just P-R-O-S-C-I.com, and you can read all about the ADCAR model. But it is it is one of the most simple change management methodologies. There are a lot more. They go into, you know, there's Cotter's eight-step model, and it goes into a little more detail. It adds some other things in, like, you know, uh, they talk about making sure that you are recognizing the small wins within the change. But 
a lot of these things all can fit into the same framework, but the ad car model is very basic yet very powerful in understanding it. If you uh, if you really want to dive in deep and you get into paying for some of the ProSci tools, you'll notice that there are uh, scales and assessments that you can provide your employees that help you understand different barrier points. So you know as you're moving through the different letters of ADKAR so that's awareness desire knowledge ability reinforcement as you're moving through those you may find that you know your your company scores very high on awareness that is not a barrier point for your company but you may understand that hey they scored very low in desire so you you need to focus on that area before you can move anywhere else. You can't get to the knowledge portion until you have your employees or your coworkers high on desire. Once you've reached that, you can move to the next one. You can move to knowledge. But again, as you assess the the current state of where your organization is on the readiness for change, it helps you identify those barrier points and then you can go in and you can address those. I use the ad car model. That's one that I feel very comfortable with. I like to take pieces from different methodologies and I'll use them w w when I need to. But if you're just starting out, it's a great one to start with. Go and read up on it. Uh, you can get certifications on it. They tend to be a little expensive, but you know, it's, it's one of those, um, it's one of those things where you can get enough information online so that you can really implement one of these. If you really want to get some help, contact us. Go to our, our website, visionbrand.net. We'd love to talk to you and see how we could help walk you through from a consulting perspective on how you can implement a change management methodology. Moving on. So now that we understand that there's a methodology, what is this methodology going to do um, for the individuals, why do we have it and what are the things that we will see benefit from instituting a change management model? And if you go and you look it up, there's something called the Kubler-Ross change curve. And you know, remember, a lot of this stuff came from studying grief. And the Kubler-Ross change curve kind of talks about the path that an individual goes through when change is uh, I guess brought into their life when they when they experience change uh, they're going to go through this change curve and the the thing about the change curve is you don't you don't get to eliminate a person going through it doesn't matter how well somebody adapts to the change they're gonna go through the change curve what the change management methodology does is it shortens the curve it makes it easier to deal with and I'm going to go through the different pieces but I just want to really make sure you understand that you can't eliminate somebody from going through the curve what you can do is you can shorten it so if you look up the Kubler-Ross change curve what you see is when changes is first initiated what you'll find is that people first go through shock uh, when they go through shock you may see their you may actually see their morale um, jump you know that it may actually go up and a lot of that is because there is a denial that sets in there may be a disbelief uh, they may be more eager to work harder on what they're doing because they are actively working against the change that was brought into their into their life or into the organization 
Okay, so after denial, what you're gonna see is when, when you really start to see that there is a dip in productivity or a dip in, in morale, that is when frustration really sets in. They recognize that things are gonna be different. People tend to get angry. They're frustrated about the change. Some people may, uh, you know, revert into uh, into a hole. Um, some people may be, you know, angry and very vocal about the change. This is where you'll see the first dip in productivity. So after frustration, what you'll typically see with people is they they will become despondent to uh, to the change in itself. You may see. Uh, a lack of motivation, uh, a lack of energy. People no longer uh, tend to care. Individuals really are just frustrated and upset, and they know that the change is coming. They can't fight it, so now they just, for lack of a better words, they just don't care anymore. And that's going to be almost the the bottom of the dip. Um, you'll what what will happen is you'll start seeing the productivity of the, or the morale if you're instituting. Um, a change management model, you'll see that uh, that dip will not be as as, as, as low, and you'll see people kind of come out of it as they start to experiment and engage with the new situation. As individuals are starting to get some exposure to the change, they start seeing how it's going to play out. They'll experiment with it, and they'll 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 start to reengage. Well, then after the experiment portion of the curve, then they get to what's called the decision portion. And this is where they learn how to work in the new the new system, the new the new policy. And by this point they feel very positive. They're starting to get excited. They see how it's working. And then as they come out of that, they move into an even higher level of morale, a higher level of productivity. And this is where they become integrated into the new change. It's instituted they are working in it and they are excited about what is happening uh, within the the organization so i want to go back and remind everybody that the kubler ross change curve is not something that can be eliminated people are you're not going to be able to eliminate the frustration or even the depression but what you can do is you can expect it, you can work through the model that that helps build out a methodology to help shorten, uh, I guess, shorten the curve and make the, the, I guess, the dips not so deep. So that's ultimately what it's going to do. You're not going to be able to eliminate the curve, but you can make it less severe. A couple other things I wanted to talk about is what is the difference between change control and change management? This is a big one because a lot of organizations think that change control and change management are the same thing. You know, change control is is really the technical side of change. It's it's when you understand that hey, we're going to have a new system. This is how we're going to do things now within it. From a very technical perspective, that is is change, but it is change control. It's controlling how the change is going to be ad- adapted into the, the the daily functions of an organization. But change management is going to be the people side of it, the psychological piece of helping someone not just, I guess, become aware of the change, but helping them actually adopt the change as well. Okay, so once you're able to really understand that the that organizational change management is the people side of change, you know, what are some of the biggest things that you can do to help? 
implement a solid behavior within your key leadership down through it so that you can really just knock it out of the ballpark when it comes to instituting the change within the organization. All right, so we've talked about what is change management, what's the definition of it. We've talked about a methodology that can be easily implemented and used within your organization. And we've also talked about from a human perspective, what do people go through when they experience change and what does an organization need to account for and understanding that, that their employees are not going to skip through the different steps of the Kubler-Ross change curve, but how can we make it more palatable? How can we make the, I guess, the productivity dips more shallow and how can we maybe shorten the curve a little bit so that each person goes through those uh, necessary uh, stages quicker and that we get to end user integration or adoption faster. Well, what we're going to talk about now is a study that was performed by IBM where they really wanted to understand what are companies doing that they called change architects that they felt that the, that there were companies out there that were just masters at being able to implement large scale change. Um, they called them change architects. In this study, they wanted to know what are they doing that is really helping solidify positive results and the results were real the results of the study that is were really mind-blowing to, to say the least because when you think about it if you're looking at what are maybe some hard factors or some soft factors a lot most people would think that that it that it was the hard factors that were the most prominent or important areas or aspects of successful change and when i say hard factors i'm talking about things like making sure that, that, that there were efficient training programs in place or that the, the project teams had skill sets that were uh, in line with what needed uh, what there needed to be in order to, to accomplish um, the goals, that there needed to be monetary rewards associated with implementing the change, or that there may be even uh, regular status reports to management or updates on on how things were going these are these are what would be considered the hard factors and this is what people thought was the most important factors but what actually uh, ended up being uncovered is that it was the soft factors that made the most difference in these change architect uh, environments in in the the organizations that were most successful the number one thing was top management sponsorship and let me explain to you what that is, that in these organizations, top management, all the way up to the directors or maybe even the CEO, that they bought into the change and that they sponsored it, that they, they sung its praises. They made sure that the organization knew that they didn't only agree with it, but they knew why they needed to change and that they were excited about it. That was the number one thing. That got 83% of these organizations said that this was the number one thing. So if there's a lesson that you can learn from here, if you're a business owner or a business leader and you're wanting to adopt change, don't push that on to the division uh, that you feel like needs to implement it. If you're a CEO or if you're a business owner and you're implementing a new software technology or you're you rolling out a new benefits program or whatever it might be, you need to be vocal and visible that you believe in the change and that you sponsor the change. They need to hear it from you. Um, this is going to be the number one factor in a successful change 
mission. The second one was a shared vision. You had to make sure that the vision that was laid out for the company was shared by everybody. You know, if you're communicating your sponsorship as a as a leader, you know, you're going to very easily be able to to get your coworkers or the ones under you to buy into it as well. So you have to have a shared vision. You also have to make sure that you have fostered a corporate culture that motivates and promotes change. You you need to make sure that you are uh, creating an environment that welcomes change. Uh, it makes it less risky for individuals and that people know that if you were excited about the change, that they can be excited about it as well. And another piece that I'll say is extremely important is within every division, there should be instituted change agents, individuals who buy into the change, who know how to influence their coworkers, and who are able to help speak to negative rumors that may come about or you know, help people understand the shared vision. But these are, these are people who buy into the change, who can very easily help their coworkers also buy into it. So if you wanna take time to go and read the, sto- the study, it's done by I- IBM. You go and type in Google, the name of the study is Making Change Work While Work Keeps Changing. And it is an extremely valuable uh, study that's given me a lot of insight into change management but anyways i do not want to go too much more into into depth we've talked about a lot we've spent about 20 minutes today covering change management why it's important how you can better uh engage your employees into whatever change you know it is that needs to happen um you know a lot of times they know it is too but they need you to to provide the support for them because they're people, no one likes change. This is why organizational change management has really become such a huge work stream within organizations over the past couple of years, because as technology increases, as companies continue to change, we need to make sure that we're providing a platform for our employees to be successful. And it's our job as leaders, as business owners to make that happen. If you're implementing change, I hope I was able to provide some resources for you. If it's something that you knew nothing about, I hope you've got a little bit more knowledge about it now, but I'm excited. We'll continue to dive into these things. Uh, We're gonna start putting out YouTube videos and provide a blog post, just a plethora of information around the five points of alignment. You know, organizational change management falls within organizational development. It's just one of the one of the things that we really feel like helps organizations reach the momentum point by adding it in. But everybody, I hope you have a great start to the to the new year. Make sure that you subscribe to this. We'd love to get your rating. Give us your feedback. Check out our website at www.visionbrand.net and make sure you listen because what we're talking about is your business.